Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 79. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at VJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm doing great and highly caffeinated. We're both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. All right, Nick. Hey, uh, how are you doing during these uh, times of uh, COVID uh, isolation? Just uh, checking in on you. Doing just fine, man. I am probably one of the few who is enjoying the isolation time because it means I get more accomplished. Just more personal, nerdy, tinkering things that I can do without having to leave the house, you know? Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean. Like, I... I think I'm just like thanking the privilege that we have right now that, you know, we're not in uh, positions that have been eliminated and, uh, you know, hopefully it looks like we're surviving. I don't know, you know, we're in this ambiguous space where I'm not sure if we turn the quarter or if it's a pause before like additional like infections or whatever. We're recording on May 23rd. So people listen to this in the future know maybe kind of how things are going better than we do right now. Um, I hope, I hope things are going to get better. I hope that people get back to work and, you know, they're safe. Uh, but you know, here's us at the uh, nerd journey crew, uh, wishing you uh, health and happiness and, uh, and, uh, good vibes. Yep. Do the best you can out there. That's right. Wash your hands, stay socially distanced. Um, so with that in mind, uh, this week, Nick, we're talking about receiving feedback, right? Yes. Just like the feedback we were giving each other on fun technical projects right before this episode started. <laughs> That's right. So um, just a little bit of uh, you know structural notes. We're going to be talking about sources of feedback, um, types of feedback, and the different you know structures that are out there for uh, different ways to think about uh, feedback and uh, the taxonomy, I guess. And then finally, you know, tactics for effectively receiving feedback. Um, maybe it'll also segue and like give hints on how to give uh, feedback appropriately, but mostly we're focusing on the re receiving end uh, this time around. Um, so with that in mind, let's jump into it. Um, we, we originally, when we were sitting around brainstorming, this topic, we we thought about where feedback comes from, right? And so sources of feedback, I think pretty quickly we came, you know, to the conclusion that you definitely get feedback from leadership, right? Your direct manager or, you know, leaders above that level, maybe one level up or, you know, multiple levels up who are giving feedback for the organization as a whole. Um, you can get feedback from your peers and, and you can get feedback from people who report to you either formally or informally. Um, and then we're kind of struggling for other sources of feedback. But then uh, we went out 
outside of ourselves. And, you know, obviously there's other people who have done a lot of thinking about this kind of thing. And so we came across this article. They identified and I think crystallize our thinking about other sources. So there's feedback that comes from outside the organization. They called it from customers, but not everybody is in a, a situation where, you know, feedback from outside the organization is a customer. Sometimes it's like pure organizations or, um, you know, upstream or downstream, right? It could be customers or vendors. Um, and then you also get feedback from uh, just pure data or they called it objective data. So sometimes you can have um, a metric that you know that you're being judged by, and just looking at the metric gets you, gives you feedback on on the situation. So I thought that that was a really interesting way to think about it, an interesting construction, because I think you and I were both struggling to to articulate those things, right? It's like, so outside, I don't know, customers? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, it's good because... You know, if I'm someone who works the help desk, how many tickets have I closed? Or how many have been open more than two weeks? Mm -hmm. It'd be good to know that and just point that out as a measure of how well am I doing based on what the numbers say. There may be more to it than that, but it's a start. Yeah, absolutely. Or just the customer satisfaction ratings from people that you've been helping or you know, whatever metric you, it is that you, you're using uh, to be measured by. But, you know, whatever metric that is, you can just look at it and say, oh, as a result, like, you know, here's where I stand. So that's definitely a source of feedback. And, and outside the organization, you know, be it customer, a partner, a vendor, you know, those kinds of external pieces of feedback are also you know, pretty valuable sources. Um, and, you know, people there can tell you, hey, you know, you're, we feel like you're not performing up to standard, you know, or you guys could do better, or you're doing a great job, or we really appreciate how you're doing this. So um, definitely a lot of different sources. And it's not just a manager that's that's managing you saying, hey, you're doing really well here, or you're not doing so hot here. I need improvement here. Hey, you're right. doing a great job, John. I just thought you should know. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> um, but um, the revelation and understanding that, that feedback can come from multiple sources um, is very helpful. Um, you know, looking where where it's coming from and and maybe looking for sources if you're looking for like a 360 review or something like that all right so let's uh get into the different types of feedback that are out there um we look to outside sources once we you know realize that they were out there um for kind of different ideas of how feedback could be categorized and again the corporate communication experts com.au had that article three types of feedback so we looked there um the first kind that they talked about was evaluative um, evaluation um so i thought that that was really important to define they were really talking about feedback that gives you information about where you are where you stand either in comparison to peers in comparison to the population as a whole, in comparison to some objective standard, um, or in comparison to where 
you set your own standard. You know, you said you wanted to be here and here's where you are compared to that. So it's just this evaluation. You know, there's something that I'm evaluating you against. So that is one category. I thought it was kind of cool to, you know, have that idea of a type, a specific type of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say the article seemed to indicate that we shouldn't just do this once a year, that this should be a consistent process of evaluative feedback so that everyone can know the, the clear expectations and then maybe how those change based on your skill level abilities, how you progressed. And so you can actually track the progression over time yeah. and be accountable and need for to, the outcomes. Exactly. And if you need to make a correction, let you make a correction in the moment, you know, not a year or, you know, some significant portion of a year, you know, um, uh, after, you know, you haven't been meeting that standard. So makes a lot of sense. Second type appreciative, you know, so appreciation. Um, I also thought it was interesting to categorize this as a specific type of feedback. The thank you, the, um, um, you've done a good job at this. Um, it's not saying compared to a standard, it's just appreciating you for your effort in doing something. And, you know, that is definitely different from an evaluation, right? So it can be, you know, thank you for executing. Thank you for doing whatever. It's just expressing appreciation uh, for effort or accomplishment, you know, regardless of whether that was just the person's core responsibility, um, you know, what they're supposed to be doing every day, or, you know, maybe it's just timeliness or above and beyond effort, but it's just that expression of appreciation. I liked the part where it talked about linking it to the receiver's values and that would make it more effective, which of course assumes that whoever's giving the feedback would need to know something about the other person's values and who they are as a person. Right. Like say you're, you are giving appreciative feedback to some other person in some other organization. Um, if you really want it to land, I suppose you could do some research into what that organization uh, values. You know, if they have organizational values that you can put it in terms of, um, or, you know, personal knowledge of that, that person. And um, I think that maybe if somebody is giving you appreciation or appreciative feedback um, and they don't quite know how to put it in terms of your value, or the things that you you value, then maybe you can like internally maybe restate it in those terms um, to to better take it. Uh, but again, a really interesting way to think about it. And getting that type of feedback can often help you understand the value you're adding to the organization. Sure. You know, relating the relationship. To- Relating it to the goals of the organization, where you fit. Yes, you're making a difference, even though maybe you can't see it. I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's also giving you a hint of what the other person values, mm-hmm. right? Sure. They're appreciative. And as a result, this is where you can think about what it is that they they value. Yeah, it reminded me of the three signs of a miserable job by Patrick Lencioni and making sure that people have that purpose. Yeah. 
yeah, a purposeless uh, existence uh, leads to misery, I think was one of the, the conclusions of that book. Yeah. Um, okay, so the third type of feedback that they categorized was coaching feedback. So that is something which is separate from an evaluation. It's more of an encouragement or guide towards growth, right? Um, and it can, it doesn't have to be based on like a gap in expectations. It can be also based on success, success that, you know, the person's had. So somebody is telling you, Hey, good job on that. I think in order for you to keep on succeeding that way, you can, you know, do this and this and this. So they're, they're first of all, giving you appreciative feedback. And then they're saying, if you want to continue being successful, here's some other things that can help you magnify that type of success, or they can give you evaluative feedback. Hey, you're way above standard. Um, uh, in this uh, area of your job. And if you want to become one of the top 1% of the people doing that, then I think that you might want to read this book and you know pursue, pursue this training, right? So it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't need to be, hey, you're falling below standard. Hey, you're falling behind or you know, you're close to the bottom among your peers in this area and, and provide coaching there. And if you think about the idea of a coach who's helping athletes, they're always looking for ways for even the most elite athletes to improve. And that's what you would be on the lookout for when coaching maybe a high performer, just as you said. Right. How do you, how do you get that growth? How do you get that, you know, improvement? How do you take that next iteration? (laughs) Improve in the next iteration. Yeah. Um, There was also a book that was referenced um, within the article that we haven't had the uh, ability to read yet, Um, but what was it again? Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen, I think. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the the feedback was the title. Right. Thanks for the feedback. And they also wrote another book called Difficult Conversations. So it sounds like both of those need to go into the Audible library soon for me. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, try to read those and maybe um, report back on the content and uh, whether it's a a worthy investment. Cool. So the other source that we looked to was this article from uh, TalkDesk, Types and Sources of Feedback in the Workplace. Um, So the sources I think we had kind of already covered, um, but the the taxonomy that they had uh, for feedback was different from the corporate communication experts. So it was different enough that we wanted to also put this structure out here because it's maybe a slightly different way of thinking about it. So the first uh, type of feedback that they talked about was constructive, right? And so I think this was more of a, a way of thinking about it of like levels of effectiveness um, and actually providing uh, an area to be coached. So if you're providing constructive feedback, you're actually giving pointers in your feedback for um, ways to improve. Um, So they further broke that down into negative feedback. Hey, um, you know, you're not doing this well. Positive feedback, you're doing this well. Uh, Negative feed forward, I thought that was interesting. You probably don't want to do this 
in the future in order to avoid these pitfalls or to do better. And then positive feed forward, right? If you keep on doing that, you're going to reach, you know, this positive level um, and be well on your way towards, you know, goal X. Um, really interesting uh, framing. And it was, you know, definitely related, but different enough that we wanted to put that that framing out there in people's minds as well. Yeah, I had never heard the feed forward ones. Those were just really interesting. Yeah, feedback and feed forward, meaning, um, you know, it's a temporal orientation, right? So positive and negative is, you know, you need to do this and you should stop doing this or, you know, it's good to do this or it's bad to do this. And then feedback and feed forward is temporal. It was in the past or you should be doing it in the future or shouldn't be doing it in the future. Um, yeah, so very interesting construction of, you know, and this is the constructive feedback, you know, uh, helpful feedback that, that you can actually take. Um, uh, the second one, I think, ally, uh, aligned with the appreciative feedback from CCE. Um, so that's praise. Um, you know, so I think, again, very, very closely aligned with uh, appreciative feedback. Um, and then finally, criticism. Um, and this was feedback, certainly, but not helpful. So just um, giving you what you've done wrong, um, that's like maybe a kind of a blunt way to, to put it um, and without the nuance of, of the actual article, you know, but talking about it in a way that's also not helpful, right? It doesn't give you any way to improve. It's just saying, hey, you know, you've done this and it's no good, right? Um, judgment, negativity. Um, Nobody wants to be criticized unless right. it's constructive. <laughs> right, right. Um, I think that um, that does it for like the types of feedback. I think it, it is helpful to have, you know, both sources and types of feedback in your mind when you're getting it to, to kind of categorize it. Right. Um, so you can, you know, in an example, like, uh, maybe a partner organization, you know, someone from a partner organization, you know, lets you know that in order to improve like in performance with them, you're going to, you know, doing the more of this would be helpful. So that's, you know, um, feedback from an outside source. It's a partner organization. Um, and then it is positive feed forward in order to improve things in order to do even better than you're doing now, you know, future, this future behavior will help that. Right. Um, and it didn't really contain an evaluation, right? So it's not evaluative feedback, um, but it did give you coaching, right? So here's, um, some things that could help you improve. So, you know, I don't know about you, but in my like engineer brain that we uh, learned from that, that phrase we learned <laughs> um, that help it helps me to categorize things in order to help me, um, you know, break things down and understand why something's helping or not helping. Right. That's, you know, thanks Josh Fidel for that, that phrase uh, engineers brain engineering brain. Right. So deconstructing something, helping to, you know, which can help understand, you know, why it is or isn't helpful. Like 
you know, you maybe you get some criticism and you're like, oh, why is this not helping me? Or why am I having this emotional reaction to it? Oh, because it was just an observation about a negative trait or it was a judgment. And there was no telling me like evaluative uh, part of it. It didn't tell me where I was um, in relation to some kind of standard or my peers or, you know, whatever. Um, and then it didn't contain any coaching. It didn't give me a way to improve it. So all it was was criticism, which is why I'm having this emotional reaction. So it's almost like, you know, that's that just wasn't helpful. So if that person was trying to be helpful, then you could go and say, hey, um, you, you made this comment, but it didn't tell me where I stood. You know, there was no evaluation. And then it didn't give me any uh, ways to improve. You know, if that, if you were uh, trying to give me some constructive uh, feedback. So, you know, you could go back to the person and ask for those things in order to get something that's actually going to be helpful or, you know, go to somebody else if you don't have, have a good relationship with that person. Sure. Um, I would say that you probably need to take just a little bit of time to get past the emotional part so certainly. that you can let your rational side digest. You know, when we think back to the three ideas in the book Switch by Chip and Dan Heath, it's direct the writer, logical, motivate mm -hmm. the elephant, emotional. So you may, someone may have motivated the elephant to be really upset and then <laughs> shape the path forward, which if someone's just giving you something negative, just as you said, John, they're not telling you what the path forward is from there. Right. Which is why you need more from them or from somebody else. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So just, you know, if you're in a situation where you feel like something is not as helpful as it could be, you know, having these uh, categories of feedback is always helpful, you know, to run down, maybe not necessarily in the moment. Um, and maybe you need to circle back with, you know, your supervisor, if that's who's giving it to you. Um, you know, or, or with a peer, whomever it was, you know, afterwards to say, oh, what I was missing was this, you know, what I would, would I need more? Um, what would be more helpful is if you could, you know, point me in a direction to, as you said, shape that path forward. Um, so again, I think that just reading the categories was very helpful. And then, you know, putting, you know, I'm, trying to remember feedback that I've gotten in, in the past and say, oh, you know, that gave me an evaluation. Um, maybe there was less coaching that I needed, but it was definitely, you know, solid in the evaluation. And then, you know, was there negative feedback um, or positive feedback? Was there positive feed forward? You know, what were the different, you know, things that were given to me and, and how would I categorize them? And then maybe you could even say, you know, what I actually need was, more negative feedback, you know, like, oh, you're not effective at this. Okay, well, what was it that I was doing that was not effective? You know, what what actions was I missing that would have made me more effective? What things could I do in the future that would make me more effective? And I think all of the best feedback that I've ever gotten, now that I look at these categories, contained both, you know, um, evaluative and, you know, past performance type of feedback, um, along with future looking, you know, feedback and, um, you know, it just makes me appreciative of, of the management that I've had in the past and in the present. 
also the um, just general appreciative feedback. I realized that you know the, the company I work for now, Google, has this thing called G Thanks, <laughs> in general, like just the letter G and then thanks, um, where you can kind of give kudos and even like a peer bonus um, to somebody um, for you know doing a really good job, and and you have. I mean, a certain number of peer bonuses that you can give each quarter and then a certain number of just you know, like, I think maybe unlimited num- amounts of kudos that you can give out. Hey, thanks for helping me out with this. Really appreciate it with, you know, you pitching in and doing this. Um, and that kind of appreciative feedback since, you know, we have, you know, if you have internal tools, then you should use them. And if you don't have internal tools, then you should use your email, your your phone or your face-to-face when we get to the point where we can do that. I certainly appreciate appreciation. <laughs> As do we all. Yeah. All right. So um, let's move on to kind of the, the final uh, section that we're talking about here. And that is tactics for receiving feedback um, that makes that feedback more effective, right? Um, there's the things that you know people who are giving feedback can do that can you know put it in the best place for the person to take it the best. But then they're on the receiving end, you know, there's things that we can do that can make that feedback more effective or less effective. So the first thing I want to talk about was another article um, from the uh, corporate communications experts. Uh, which is called Barriers to Effective Feedback Conversation. Um, That I thought was really interesting. Just briefly, I think we're going to, again, have a link in the show notes. Um, But, you know, I wanted to go over the main points. So the the subtleties of the article are are well worth, you know, the time of reading it. Not a a huge time investment, you know, under 10 minutes to read it. But the highlights were, you know, the barriers um, to that effective feedback can be your and the other party's emotions, um, the relationship between you and the other party, and then resistance in either yourself or the other party to to change um, or to you know uh, receiving the feedback. So you know all of those things can be barriers. You know emotions and and how you're feeling, defensive or offended or any of those things. You know um, can be barriers. So I think at least the tactics that I've found are to, you know, anytime I'm feeling, you know, defensive, it's, you know, is the other person actually meaning to, to be on the offensive or are they just trying to offer help? Right. Or, or make a request of me. Um, and so it's a little bit easier to say, okay, let me, let me take that in. Let me think about that. And then, you know, de-escalate your emotional state. And sometimes that just takes time. That can be, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your guidance. You know, thank you very much. And then later on, you know, go back and say, I think I was feeling defensive in that moment because of this. But I do really appreciate what it is that you said. Um, and, and here's what I'm, you know, what positive steps that I'm going to take, you know, after getting your feedback and your guidance. Um, that's That's always helpful, you know, to continue the relationship and and if it's especially if it's somebody whose feedback you you value um you know all feedback you know you you want to solicit it 
um, then, you know, that appreciation and, and thanks. And, you know, Hey, if I took these actions, does that align with what it is that you're talking about? Um, so I thought that was, um, you know, really good, I, good point, uh, to make about emotions and in your relationship, you know, is it a managerial relationship? Is it maybe just the relationship is, is rough and, and that's a barrier to re- receiving effective feedback. It might be really good feedback. It might be well-coached feedback, um, couched feedback, but the, maybe there's a, a damaged relationship between the you and the person who's giving it or not enough of a relationship. So, you know, you, you don't want to hear it. And, and that's always a problem. It reminds me of what Ben Bergeron talks about in Chasing Excellence. He references the success equation, event plus response equals outcome. The part that we can control is our response. And that's really hard when when our emotions get involved. It's it's hard not to respond in a maybe a way you would prefer not to until it takes right. some time to to process. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's really easy to realize that negative emotions and resistance can be um, a barrier to getting feedback effectively. But I think that, you know, positive and affirming um, feedback can too much just be like a reinforcement, like, okay, I'm doing a good job. I need to do that. And, and maybe when you feel good about something, you miss like the, the future actions that you could take or the thinking about continued growth that you could make to be even more effective. Um, so, so that's something to watch out for too. You know, your emotions, it doesn't mean just your negative emotions and it doesn't, you know, um, sometimes resistance isn't like you're resisting against what the person is saying, but what that person is saying just helps to like solidify like a bias or like, you know, a thought that you had in your head and like, you know, that, um, that they're confirming for you. (laughs) So they're providing confirmation, which is, which is not a good thing. So, um, I would say, you know, always, uh, make sure that, you know, you're trying to work towards growth and that you're not missing opportunities for growth regardless of whether you're getting positive feedback or negative feedback or positive emotion or negative emotion in response to feedback. And then I think we also want to close out with um, an interesting bit that we read uh, from manager tools. Um, Manager tools didn't have like, like a specific article about um, receiving feedback, uh, but they did have something that was related, which was responding to 360, 360 reviews was, you know, 360 degree reviews. Um, and I thought that it was interesting to talk about here in this context because there were some interesting lessons. And, and one was to focus on the strengths of a, of an, um, of a, of feedback. You know, when you get feedback, sometimes you'll say, you'll get it and we'll say, you know, these five categories, you're very, very good and very, very strong and you're outstanding in these two. Um, you're above average in this other category. And then automatically what we go do is we say, wait, I'm just above average. Like I'm excellent and like outstanding in everything else and just above average here. Um, so then, you know, we figure we become, you know, obsessed with 
raising that above average instead of raising like all of our like you know excellence to outstanding you know um focusing on our strengths um so you know that that's a that's a pitfall to fall out uh, to watch out for you know especially if you're getting kind of a little bit more evaluative feedback that covers multiple categories um it's dangerous to just focus on the areas of uh, weakness and and you should also <laughs> make sure um make sure that the strengths that you're getting align with like you know what you think your strengths are um that was something that was uh they emphasized and you should also make sure um that those strengths that you you know you got back in your feedback are aligned with the core needs of the role that you have all, all important things right and then you know when you think about a weakness you should only it's really only a weakness if it's below the needs of the role so if you do get like one category where you're you know quote unquote merely above average um what what is that you know does that is that really weak or is it you know is it below um the requirements for your role right if you if you're above average and above average is fine you know it's it's all that you need for the job but you're excellent and outstanding in every other category maybe what you need to do is focus on raising the level of all the things you're excellent and outstanding in to get even further especially if those things are more aligned with what you need for the job all right um so just being below your like personal expectations or your personal perceptions of where you are doesn't mean that you're weak in that category. All it means is that, you know, it's, you know, if somebody's evaluated you, then that's where you are in their evaluation. It doesn't mean that it's the most important thing for you to focus on. Um, and it, it maybe doesn't even need improvement, right? Unless the evaluation is needs improvement. I don't know if that makes sense absolutely usually we are our toughest critics yeah like you said if we don't measure up to what we think we should get mm -hmm. i remember i had a manager when i worked at walmart back at the pharmacy and mm -hmm. you know you have the different ratings and he was saying this isn't like if you don't get the highest rating you didn't get an a you know you can't equate it to a b c d e f mm -hmm. and that was hard not to do sure sure because you want to be the best, right? Yeah. And, you know, imagine if you got things like, you know, oh, you know, if you are pre-sales technical resource and you're like, oh, your your customer facing uh, technology level is a 10 out of 10. Um, you're in the upper 1% and um, your ability to communicate problems back to your, your internal product team, you're like 9 out of 10. And uh, your, uh, the way that you dress is a uh, six out of 10. <laughs> um, do you want to spend all your time like raising the level of your, how you're dressing or, uh, you know, but is that really aligned? I mean, you tell me, right. It, for some roles, like the way that you dress can be like, you know, critically aligned to your success and core part of the job. Um, but you know, for other people, maybe not. All I'll say is I'll refer our listeners back to episode nine, 
and John's rant on how to dress for an interview. Still one of my favorite all-time moments. Go listen to that, and then you tell me if he's full of it after that last comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a screening. It's an unfair screening. Anyway, um, I'm not... <laughs> I'm trying not to climb onto that uh, that high horse. That was a bait and switch, and you took the bait almost. <laughs> um, that a final piece from Manager Tools, I thought that was really important. Was like at a minimum, you should acknowledge the feedback, right? Acknowledge that the feedback existed. Um, some of the article was relevant if you were a manager. Um, receiving a 360 report um, that included members of your team and you're reviewing it with your team. Like, you know, hey, you know, tactics for going over, like here are some areas that were strengths and here's some areas where I have, uh, you know, uh, uh, space to improve um, rather than diving into like every little thing. But if, you, if you're getting, you know, feedback directly from a person, you know, it always is at the very least, to pol you know, polite to acknowledge that feedback. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, if, if you aren't able to respond in the moment, you know, because of, you know, your emotional level, then, um, then my addendum is like, you know, if you, if it takes time for you to calm down in order to, to, um, to evaluate the feedback and then say, Hey, I'm going to have an action item that I'm going to be working on, you know, based on your feedback, um, does that align with kind of what you were thinking, then, you know, take the time, you, you know, it's, it's always better to, you know, if the person hasn't been specific enough, then it always helps to, to get like that specificity. Cool. Um, well, I think that's all I had. Uh, anything else pop in your mind? Um, or should we get out of here? I just thought I'd share an interesting story. So this yeah. is in the world of academia. Mm -hmm. And I got some feedback from my numerical analysis professor on my skill level that, mm -hmm. you know, I was in this class, I was struggling, I was actually afraid I was going to fail. He said, you're not going to fail, but A, B, out of the question. Mm -hmm. And of course, that crushes you when you want to make A's all the time, mm -hmm. right? And he said, you have a lot of holes in your knowledge of the prerequisites to get to this course. And I'm sure there were other things after that, but mm -hmm. I had other professors that were telling me, no, no, that's not right. You're doing so great. You know, all these things. And I would encourage anyone listening to take it and think about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because when I thought about it, even though it, it, rocked my world in terms of a confidence downer mm -hmm. this guy was right i didn't really have the foundation as well as i thought once mm -hmm. i made it to that level fast forward a few years i become a high school math teacher and i have to teach calculus well you better believe that i learned it at a foundational level really well but i didn't <laughs> learn it really well until then mm. so he was he was right on. You know, you might consider that some criticism or negative feedback without really shaping the path forward. And I, I guess I wasn't sure completely what to do 
at the time. I just did the best I could, tried to fill in the holes, but in one semester, how much can you fill in from all the stuff that's missing? Yeah, yeah. If you don't have those trigonometric identities uh, memorized at a certain point, it's tough to do it in the moment. No, it wasn't those. It was a bunch of other things, which, you know, I won't rehash here. This isn't a math podcast, although it could be. (laughs) Yeah, no. Trigonometric identities were were my issue. (laughs) To this day, I don't know them. Oh, they're fantastic. Speaking of identity, remember... We want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Help us find our identity with the listenership out there. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at Nerd Journey. All right. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at Journeyman on Twitter. For Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore, signing off. Sine squared x plus cosine squared x equals one, John. That's all you need. Adios. That's actually the only one that I do know. <laughs> <laughs>